1: And together, they are... Oh my god, don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Gay of Dark 안녕하세요. <laughs> Listen, I, I know everybody's tired of my Korean journey. No, no, it's been a minute! I haven't heard the Korean in a while! Well, I feel like perhaps... Maybe now is the time for the journey to end. <gasps> <clears throat> because what? you say, oh, well, are you fluent? Of course not. I'm a decade away from being fluent. Uh, can you watch a movie or listen to Mama Moo without some subtitles? No, I know some words. I know the way things work, but I don't know everything. I'm not fluent. <laughs> so why would it end? <clears throat> because my last batch of vocab... I finally learned the Korean word for toast.
0: <laughs> A ponder staple.
1: Yeah. And so I say, well, what more is there to learn, really? <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Because now, if, if, if you are hungry, or you need to get around, or, you know, you want to talk to somebody about their interests, now you know the only word you need to know.
1: Yeah, you want to know what it is? Hmm. Toast. <laughs> <laughs> a loan word i love loan words loan words mm-hmm.
0: like it's on loan from the english language mm-hmm. oh really i got that right
1: yeah like we that's have i'm cool. sure we have i can't think of anything off the top of my head but when it's like this isn't a word that is native to whatever culture
0: avant-garde
1: right exactly yeah something like that oh really that's called a loan word it's a loan word from another language yeah so it's fun i like it because first of all i can read them and i know what they are without someone having to tell me but it also kind of gives you an insight as to like you know what's native to a culture yeah cultural exchange cultural exchange i've been
0: watching all of these um well (laughs) so i've been on a bl journey (laughs) right right and i've been watching a lot of like bl anime now and then that t- turned into, the Heartstopper is to blame for all of this. And then it, that turned into me going into, like, an international gay romance television series journey. hmm So I've been watching, like, uh, Swiss shows and Spanish shows. And, and yeah, I do like seeing um, when the boys kiss. But, no, I do, like <laughs> see, I do like seeing and hearing when different words pop up out of nowhere. And I say, hey, I know that word. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it does kind of help you see a little bit of how things develop. That's interesting. Yeah. So are you just so ready to, you know, when you take your trip, um, to go into the diner and, and first thing you proudly uh, assert and proclaim your order?
1: I say, toasted to And they'll say, nay. And they'll give me some. Anyway, no, I'm not stopping the Korean journey. I'm just not going to bore everybody with all the developments. But I'm still going. I'm still chugging along. I, I am so happy to
0: hear this I because I hadn't heard it for a while so I was worried that, you know, the, the goblin got the best of you and said, no, Stacey, what's the point?
1: Right. But look no. at
0: you. You're carrying on. You're an avid learner.
1: That's right. So there you go.
0: I feel educated vicariously through your education.
1: That's the best way, right? Is To do things vicariously. <laughs> then you don't have to... You can just sit there. Yeah, let someone be... else do all the work. Be a stage mom! You know? Just, yeah, just...
0: <laughs> I'm just sitting there mouthing Toast It along with you in the audience.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, (laughs) let the three-year-old do all the tap dancing and shit. I'll just stay on the side (laughs) and get those good tap dance feelings without having to do
0: it. I love a stage mom. Such often horrible people.
1: So anyway... That's, uh, that's my big development, I guess.
0: That's your that's your pri- your pride update for <laughs> <laughs> <this>
1: <laughs> yeah. June. Happy Pride, everybody! <laughs> it's Pride. Yep. Isn't that exciting?
0: You know what? So we have thirty days to 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 sample uh, and talk about and permit queerness before it's um, legislated out of existence. So that's exciting
1: yeah i'm gonna go to walgreens and stare at the display of disney pride paraphernalia (laughs) every day for the month of june that's how i'm gonna celebrate
0: disney pride at walgreens
1: yeah they had this whole display It was like do you want mickey mouse ears that are rainbow and i'm like who's coming to walgreens in portland maine for this you know (laughs) it's like just can i just get my toilet paper and leave (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, but if you are in Portland and you're looking for that kind of thing, that's the place to go. So.
0: That's if Also, if you're looking for Stacy, you now know where to, where <laughs> yeah, every to
1: find yet, her. There's that woman again just staring at that display. <laughs> just transfixed. What is she doing? She's a fag. <laughs> She's one of those fags who comes in here and looks at all the rainbows. I'm, like transfixed. Is that
0: Marge the cashier? <laughs> yeah.
1: Talking about you? Yeah, oh, there's that fag again.
0: <laughs> you want your photos developed?
1: <laughs> you got a Walgreens card? <laughs> uh, well, <sighs> I hope uh, everybody's having a good one.
0: Yeah, and and that's uh, we are. Well, I mean, we're we're taking part in a thing for pride, kind of. Oh. In that on June 21st, that's right, this Pride Month, June 21st, uh, Arrow Blu-ray is releasing the the Blu-ray of The Initiation of Sarah, and we have a special feature on it.
1: That's right. Oh, it's so exciting. I can't
0: believe it. Somebody, like, put our content. Oh, um, God, I said that word. I almost
1: said bullshit. <laughs> content. <laughs> I prefer bullshit. <laughs> somebody put our bullshit on a blu-ray yeah you when you put in this blu-ray and you go to the special features there will be a video essay by us on the blu-ray it's very exciting i'm actually i'll say it i'm proud of it
0: i am very proud of it i'm very proud of us it's fun it's funny it's very different for us and yet it still is very gay lords i think um but what i most love is like because we did The Initiation of Sarah as an episode years, probably years ago at this point, and like I, I think our opinions have changed a little, and we realized how profoundly gay this thing is, so we kind of get to talk about that a lot, and it's really exciting.
1: Uh, Will we have another episode about that movie when the Blu-ray comes out on this year? Are we going to revisit it here in Gaylord's? Yes, we are.
0: Just wait for that, and you can pre-order the Blu-ray at arrow video, um, dot website now
1: angel fire it's weird they use angel fire but
0: (laughs) i've all reputable businesses. (laughs) i do all my business through angel fire but that is that is the future it's still within pride month but but today we are doing something different
1: yeah yeah we are this movie that we're gonna talk about today i am so excited if you have never seen this movie please go watch it and then come listen to us
0: yeah for real
1: Part of the reason I wanted to do this episode is because this movie, the first time I saw it, fucking blew me away. Um, I, th- I feel like it's one of the best horror movies of the last, like, at least 10 years I've mm-hmm. heard this movie. Um, and I feel like it really went under the radar. Or maybe I just don't pay attention to the radar. Um, but I feel like it didn't get enough attention. And so I'm like, if we do an episode and even one person who's never seen it decides to watch it because of this show. It's worth it.
0: Hell yes. Hell, I mean, listen, it got me to watch it, and this movie blew me away. I absolutely loved it. I mean, even though I had to turn on every... I'm, I'm staying in a castle right now, basically, and there's octagons everywhere, because I'm in a, the house of a dead poet, and she was obsessed with octagons. And so I'm already like, is this place a ghost machine, a la, you know, 13 ghosts or something that I'm staying in? And then I'm watching this film and I I find myself becoming more and more and more just in the embrace of abject terror as I watch it.
1: This movie is scary as fuck. It is so scary. It is so scary. It terrified me the first time I saw it. And it's weird because I've been like, I've been wanting to watch something that will... Actively scare me, and so watching this, even though it wasn't the first time, like it still is so scared. Like, like put, like watch from between my fingers. Yes,
0: no, I, I was in a, I was in a big chair, and I kept leaning all the way back in the chair, and and my eyes, I just my eyes were, I was just bug eyes the entire movie, (laughs) like (laughs) as I was trying to pull myself as far back from the screen and into the chair as possible. While constantly looking over my shoulder.
1: It's scary. It is smart. It is gut-wrenching. It is in, it is impeccably acted, directed. The cinematography, the effects are incredible. The script uh, is brilliant. The script is fucking brilliant. And I think the director, Remy Weeks, this is his first feature. And I feel like we need to be mentioning Remy Weeks when we talk about Ari Aster when we talk about Robert Eggers when we talk about all of these incredible horror directors that are doing really brilliant things because this movie is fucking brilliant.
0: Hell yes!
1: The end. Bye!
0: (laughs) Did we say what the movie
1: is? Oh! (laughs) P.S. Yeah, we're talking about... (laughs) Okay, we'll just mention the title of the movie and then we'll go. Yeah. Uh, uh, This is His House his house it's on netflix netflix -er. yeah it's in it
0: (laughs) that's the loaned word (laughs) yeah it's uh it was a netflix original quote unquote uh came out in 2020 you actually you told me to watch it back in 2020 two years ago now hello uh and i i think instead i didn't (laughs) and i (laughs) but i'm so happy i watched it this time because as we've said this movie is perfect and it's just utterly terrifying I, I do feel I agree with you too. I feel like I feel like when it first came out, I I don't remember around at what point in 2020 it came out, but I think the movie definitely kind of got um uh kind of kind of pushed into a corner by the pandemic, right? But at the same time, like I think briefly people started to talk about it because it's it's um it's like about Sudanese refugees and it, it's very much like black horror. And so people like began to recommend it, kind of when we started. When culturally, the United States of America began to understand that Black people exist in 2020.
1: Yeah, we old well, Black people exist and make movies. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so like, I feel like it briefly had a moment with that, and then that all just went out the window. Um, like like all issues and rights that we've come to talk about since 2020.
1: Yeah, I, I hope it has something to do with the pandemic, because there are movies that got lost in the shuffle. Yes. As we were all fearing for our lives. Um, so yep. movies that I think would have a bigger buzz ultimately didn't because of circumstances. But people really need to watch it. And it's just it's such a refreshing reminder of like, I don't know, I just love movies about other cultures and with it's like we don't have to watch movies starring chris pratt you know what i mean like we don't have to do that stacy thank you
0: for liberating us
1: today i want to liberate everybody (laughs) you guys don't have to watch chris pratt movies yeah
0: see well that's why i've been that's why i mean regardless of the the insidious plot of bl that's why i've been jumping into all this international stuff recently because it's just so much more interesting, and it's really well made. Like the stuff that rises to the top and gets noticed, it's really well made, and it, it's it's so refreshing to see something that doesn't follow American conventions too.
1: Listen, especially horror, when it's like something like this, which taps into Dinka folklore. Yep, there's Dinka folklore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's so many stories uh, that people can tell that we as a western american audience or just western audience or whatever have not been privy to
0: girl when she starts talking about the the apath
1: the night witch
0: <laughs> and i oh i'm covered in goosebumps i spent so much of this movie covered in goosebumps and just it's just utterly terrified
1: this movie really like this director really knows his stuff and knows how to scare. And, like, this movie is full of ghosts, but guess what? Not a fucking ghost face, black long black mouth, computer ghost face in sight. Not the usual ghost shit. Like, these are people in makeup. Uh, You know, organic shots are enhanced with some CGI, but it's not a CGI fest. And it's like, oh, my God, we have a fucking haunted house movie that is just brilliantly scary.
0: Yeah academic level smart (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to say something that doesn't sound smart uh and and thinking about like the haunted house aspect um i what i love about this too is it's like yes it's haunted house and yes it's ghosts but you also get a certain kind of witch you also get ghosts you also get some really creepy scary ass i thought of you zombies or what looks like zombies, what what visually reads as zombies.
1: They look very Fulci seventy nine. Yes, zombie.
0: that's why I thought of you because I was like, this is straight up Fulci, and it is so scary. Like watching watching these zombies rise up out of the ocean. Ooh!
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's super relevant. Yeah. Um, it's just such a really really smart movie, and it deserves to be in the modern canon
0: yeah i i also think in a on a less exciting note i think it's also um i think it's important for americans to watch this movie and this kind of content because it's also i don't know we get we we I, we've been i feel like so many americans we feel like we've just been in the apocalypse for the last five years <laughs> And, and yes, things are awful and things continue to get awful and, and more and more worse um, in terms of what we're used to. But then watching this and it, it kind of puts you back in your place and helps remind you like, no, baby, atrocities happen all around the world all the time. And half the time we are willfully ignorant and sometimes responsible for them and allow these things to continue to happen. So
1: how's that? It's a reminder of how privileged we are absolutely no matter what (laughs) absolutely tell us what it's about anthony
0: so okay his house his house is about these two um a couple a couple who are sudanese refugees is it sudan or is it the sudan i could have looked this up but i'm i think i believe
1: they're from south sudan
0: south sudan um they they have the the movie basically opens with them they're fleeing on a boat uh to and um something happens you don't see what actually happens to the boat you just hear this horrible sound and the next thing you know everybody's in the water and then later these two survivors have made it to england and they are in a detention facility and it's uh ball and Rial. Um ball is uh the husband Rial is his wife and they have been placed in a detention center. They are then allowed, they are allowed and granted to be released from detention and placed into, like, public housing. So they are put in just the absolute dregs in this broken down slum apartment and, um, it's super spooky, it's disgusting. Matt Smith, the Doctor Who guy shows up and he's like, kind of like their caseworker and he says, you know, oh, don't worry about the smell and, <laughs> and figures out ways to build in like microaggressions with them or just straight up aggressions by saying things like you know, be one of the good ones because this movie is also really speaking to the, not just the immigrant experience, but the refugee experience.
1: Yeah, it's stressed that they are on probation. Yes. And if they stray outside of a very strict set of rules, um, all of this. If they deviate at all from that, if they cause any kind of a fuss, they will be sent home. No yes. questions asked. It's like you get 74 pounds a week, you are not allowed to earn any more money. You are not allowed to have friends. You are not allowed to have people in your house. You're not allowed to drink. You're not, like, the rule set is insane. And You're so not they... allowed
0: to play board games.
1: Yeah, and so <laughs> they are just kind of held prisoner, but also you know given this opportunity and that's an
0: interesting word that use, opportunity because ball talks about it and he even says like oh we have a chance we can have a chance here uh there is this there is this falsity there's this this golden idea this false ideal that you can perform correctly and jump through the right hoops and then you can attain personhood anew as a refugee or as an immigrant
1: but you must assimilate exactly. that is your only hope and meanwhile rial is like no matter what we do we will never be one of them we will never be fully accepted mhm but they are forced to try to ju- it's like you know it's like, welcome to your new home in the borg cube you
0: know what i mean like you have, you,
1: like, you well, have Alice to Krieg is there yeah you have to be one of us or we will remove you
0: And that's the whole—it's this impossibility that you you must—you're on probation or you'll be sent back and you must perform by these certain criteria, which are also impossible. You have to lose your culture. You have to become one of us, even though you're not one of us. And then you will have a chance. But while everything is already stacked against you—and these two um, individuals are carrying— all of their past with them, literally, like they are carrying. I mean, the few things that they owned, that they took with them that remind them of Sudan, um, as well as all of the the memories of their loved ones that they lost, including a daughter that they lost at the, during the when the ship crashed or, or went underwater. Or people fell off the boat, whatever you know. Um, and and it's so it's so interesting to see how this ideal that these two individuals their disconnect in terms of how they look at assimilation where ball is like he's going to essentially like an h&m ikea kind of clothing store and he sees the picture of the white cup the white family with the two kids and the dog and he looks exactly how the man is dressed and he picks the exact same polo shirt and the exact same pants he comes home um, Rial has cooked traditional food and she has it placed down on the floor and he says, well, maybe next time we could eat at the table. And then he hands her forks and he asks her to eat with the forks. And I mean, he doesn't even ask her, he just hands them to her and there's an expectation. She tries the food and she says, I can only taste the metal. And he says, you'll get used to it. And he just keeps eating the food. Over time, actually pretty early on, things begin to happen in the house. You start hearing whispers and, and voices saying, come through, the, through these, like, cracks in the walls. And then you start seeing things behind the cracks in the walls. Uh, it starts getting really bad. Really, really, really bad. Ball kind of starts to have a... Not Jack Nicholson, The Shining, but he gets a little involved in this and is trying to figure out what to do. He burns all of their possessions, including the necklace that Riel has that reminds them of her daughter. It was the last thing she had of hers and the only thing. He thinks that... Uh, they have to get rid of any trace of their past to really finally become um, free of this this go or these ghosts. But also to f- ultimately, in terms of the symbolism of the story, to ultimately assimilate. They have to lose every shred of what made them who they were. Rial kind of goes to the opposite end where Ball is trying to get away from this ghost, and she's starting to embrace it. She starts talking to it, and then you find out she reveals that there is this traditional custom or this belief. Of the epith of this the night witch, and it's essentially like when you take something that isn't yours, or take in, the, in this instance of her story, it's taking this house from this or the property or land or the house from this witch, and then he comes for you. Uh, so the night witch has taken up residence in their house, and essentially he's telling Rial that she can they can have the daughter back if um, Ball dies, if they they give their flesh to him to the night witch. Uh, this all kind of spirals out. Things get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. It gets so, 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 so scary. You see what happens on the boat. You see what happened and how they were fleeing Sudan. Ultimately, it's revealed that when they were getting on this, they were trying to flee oh, together God. and get on this bus. They were not being admitted onto the bus. So, um, Ball picks up this girl and holds her up and says, she's a child. And then he's granted admittance onto the bus. Rial and Ball are sitting there with this girl. And you finally understand that, for the first time in the movie, that that was not actually their little girl. And you see the mom screaming to try to get her kid back from the other side of the bus, from the other side of the class.
1: The kid is screaming for her mother?
0: It's horrible. The bus takes off. Next thing you know, they're on the boat. Um, And the little girl drowns in the boat. So this is why this has been haunting them this entire time. It's so, 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 so sad. Uh, They still want the girl back, though, because they did... They did take responsibility for her. Ultimately, Ball begins... He he goes and he basically calls for the Night Witch and he starts cutting himself. Then this creepy-ass... In, like, a drag-me-to-hell moment, the floor opens up. This thing that, I mean, Doug Jones could only aspire to be. This, like, (laughs) creepy-ass goblin comes out. It's the Night Witch. It's sticking its hands into the cuts in Ball's... In his arms. And you see his fingers wiggling around under his skin... Uh, and then Rial, being the perfect queen that she is, because <laughs> I love her, oh
1: she's amazing,
0: comes up, pulls the Night Witch's head back, and just cuts his throat open, kills the Night Witch, and they make peace with the fact that these ghosts are always going to be with them. And actually at the end of the movie, there's this really beautiful shot of the two of them just standing in their house, smiling. Matt Smith and the, the caseworkers have come and have confirmed that they've fixed the cracks in the, hole in the house and the walls, and they've fixed all this damage to it. Um, so they're okay, and they can, they can continue to live there. And you just see the two of them standing in their house alone, and then you see them looking at their daughter, at this girl that has become their daughter. And then you see her view back at them, and they're just surrounded by the ghosts of all of their dead family. And it's actually, it's so sad, but it's so beautiful. It's, I love that it ends on a hopeful note, but you have to go through hell to get there.
1: It's kind of, I think there's parallels to the Babadook.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, where, yeah it's, where you live with it. You right?
1: live with it. You can't defeat this. Like, you you can't stop grieving. You can't uh, just ignore your guilt. You can't ignore your sadness and all of this. You just have to find a way to to live with it. And that's what they do.
0: Because what like, I mean, Rial decides that she's going to go back to Sudan, but ultimately that's not livable either. So they do the best that they can and they just make peace with it. And they have to continue to try to perform as (laughs) upstanding English citizens. But in the end, they, they do everything that they have to do because that's all they've done their entire lives.
1: One thing I love about this movie on a very surface horror fan level is like something that i love about korean and japanese ghost movies is that there's no doubting what's going on there's yes. there's no gaslighting there's no oh no my wife is crazy oh no this is, you're seeing things ball and rial both see all of this shit this shit is actually happening to them yep and so it just raises the stakes and I'm just, because I'm just so tired of that, like, is she going crazy or is this really happening? Like, it's so much more... Oh, sick of it. Uh, ...compelling if we know it's actually happening.
0: Uh, No, I yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, I mean, when Ball goes, Ball goes back to Matt Smith and the caseworkers and has to request, like, after he has torn up the house, like, I, I didn't really go into how he hammers apart all of the walls to try to find out what is inside the walls calling to them all the time. Um, and grabbing at them out from the, from the holes in the walls. Um, which at first I was like, oh God, is this actually wall people? Which I did get very excited for. <laughs> uh, but then I found out it was even worse. Um, but he goes to Matt Smith and he's like, I, I just need, we need to get out of the house. We need to live anywhere else, anywhere else. And he tries to kind of explain, it. I was like, oh, there's, there's vermin there and it's making us sick. But like... Even that, how, like, the fact that they are actively being endangered, but they still have to continue to play into this probation and into whiteness and into assimilation, they still just have to live with this endangerment and make the best that they can out of it. Even though there's literally a demon (laughs) that's coming to stick his hands inside their skin and take over their bodies.
1: Which I love when the caseworkers come to then examine the house and be like, okay, if you want to move, we have to write a report and do an assessment. And so they come over, and Rial is like, oh, there's a witch in the house.
0: Yeah, did he tell you about the witch? Yeah,
1: did he tell you about the witch? We have a witch. We're cursed by this witch. (laughs) Like, I love that she just says it so plainly.
0: She's so fucking cool. She's
1: amazing.
0: I love her. Ugh. I don't know. It's also, like, I, I just haven't seen a character like her. Like, I mean, we watch a lot of movies with, like, you know, strong female characters here in Stately Gaylord's Manor. But I just, I haven't seen, like, a, a black African woman portrayed in this way and being, I don't know, just, like, taking complete ownership of her story and and bringing in her traditional customs and beliefs into it. Like I think when she talks about, there's actually continuing on the, the sort of split trajectory between ball and real in terms of where they're at with assimilation and fitting in and performing. Um, there's a really great scene when, I mean, it's really horrible and sad, but she goes to a doctor and, and I mean, I mean also this movie kind of goes to like, it kind of goes to some Candyman areas where you know it talks about just how far assimilation can go where like you know you can have two black people but there can still be bigotry and racism existing there
1: skin folk um, isn't necessarily kin folk
0: mhm and colorism and like how like she's trying to find this doctor and she finds these three like black youth and she, she goes to them and asks them for directions. And they all fuck with her. And they all tell her different, different directions. And then they just tell her to go back to Africa. And then they start mimicking her and mocking her. Um, and it's awful. But then she, she gets to the doctor. Uh, the doctor's like, you know, this nice ginger woman. And she's trying to make conversation with her. And she points out that she, she likes this, like, kind of traditional scarification that she has that's sort of adorning her face. And then she points out, oh, well, I also gave myself these scars here. And she's like, I did this after my family was butchered. Um, Where I come from, there's two tribes and they're killing each other. And she's like, after I found my family murdered, I marked myself with the other tribe's symbols. And she says, I survived by belonging nowhere. And like that that statement of I survived by belonging nowhere is just so 100% her motivation as a character and who she is. Versus Ball is absolutely trying to belong somewhere. And I just, I love the dichotomy between these two characters and how they navigate that as a couple.
1: Uh, You can look at this. There are parallels in the the gay community with this. Of the like, (gasps) are you going to be one of the good ones? (laughs) Are you, you know, I've got friends who just basically want to assimilate into hetero culture. And it's like, you know, let's just be uh we have no sex organs. You know what I mean? Like we are not deviants. We are they just try to mimic heteroculture yeah. and or just try to fit in as best you can and don't draw attention to yourself. Be one of the good ones.
0: I so 10, 12 years ago, um this was a long time ago, but this was when um when the there was a trans person that was like assaulted on camera at a McDonald's. And it made national news. Um, and my friend Kitty, who is trans and this amazing Latina queen and performer, and I just love her, um, she organized a uh, what she called a, it was a T-word takeover of McDonald's. And she was just going to go and she was going to perform music and she was just going to take over this McDonald's in protest of what happened to this woman. Um... It kind of blew up because she, I mean, because of the title, I mean, granted, even 12 years ago, that word was very different with how it was received today. Um, and even further back, you know, it, it, there's a lot of difference in opinion on that word. Um, but it, people started to then come for her and then critique her. And the next thing she knew, she was getting calls from like trans leaders at like, um, oh my God, what's HRC? And it was like she. I was watching my friend, who was this like punk, trans Latina like rapper. I was watching her getting all these calls, and we were googling the women that were calling her and talking to her and saying, "You need to take this down. You're re- you're misrepresenting the community." And all these women that were like at the top of this board of this national organization were all like, just absolutely passing white women. Uh, that just looked like someone you'd see at a book club and the kind of the conversation was like you're making us look bad and it's just like what is this this desire to be one of the good ones or to pass or to fit in
1: it's that see, i mean this movie says so much in the small moments like you mentioned it of like when ball is in the clothing store and he just like looks at the caucasian model on the wall and just buys the exact outfit in an attempt to just be that,
0: and then you see the failure to to actually wear that garment to to be that model. Where next thing you know, he's being attacked by ghosts, and then he goes to Matt Smith the, like the next day, and he's still wearing that same outfit, but it's dirty and there's blood on it. And
1: and Matt Smith tells him he smells.
0: Yeah, even though he bought the clothes, he did what he was supposed to do.
1: It's the same thing with any minority community you're never going to be fully accepted
0: yeah especially especially if you fail to pass or if you fail to perform in a certain way
1: because the rules are strict and to exist is to step outside of that rule set that they have put upon you
0: yeah and that's why i love real where she's like i'm code switching i'm covering myself with everybody's insignias i (laughs) i am going to be an agent of no one and yet my and also myself because that's the best way that she knows how to survive in this world. And honestly, it works. And then look who who kills the Night Witch at the end. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is absolutely brilliant. Like, just the ways it talks about assimilation, the way it, it talks about uh trauma, survivor's guilt. I think Ball is so strongly afflicted with survivor's guilt and race and, and refugeeism, <laughs> migrate immigration. Like, it's just uh there's so much in this movie at the same time. You're like, my butthole hurts because I've been clenching so hard because I'm so scared.
1: (laughs) Right, right. It works as just a simple scare the fuck out of you horror movie. Yeah. But it has so much more. And I think it's really important. Refugees shouldn't have to be humanized, right? And yet... Refugees just becomes this all-encompassing word... It's just, I think people look and say they are other, they're the refugees. Oh, they're going to come and use our resources. Like, throughout this movie, you have the white caseworkers saying, like, well, their house is bigger than my house. Yeah, what are they, yeah. What are they complaining about?
0: Yep. Yeah, you want to live somewhere else?
1: <laughs> right. And it's just like, oh, they come here looking for handouts and blah, blah. Like, these arguments that we always hear to dehumanize these people. And yeah. I just think a movie like this is very good at because it is two people, a couple, you know, who are the protagonists of the film. It just shows like what people fucking go through. Absolutely. You you shouldn't need you shouldn't need the why to look at people as human beings and treat them accordingly. But Well
0: and how much that is rooted in racism in white supremacy, in oh, yeah. capitalism, in class and classism. Um, I mean, like, that that, that thing you said, like, they just want handouts, right? Like, that is used, I mean, even against poor Americans in our class structure here, that is used like, oh, well, you're a welfare mom, or uh, you're just sitting around waiting for a handout or whatever. And (laughs) simultaneously, like, but because we are taught that there are, there are, there's different, um, there are different areas and realms, levels of respectability and where these things are permissible. So we are taught, oh, well, it's fine then to be a lender. It's fine to make money off of insurance and banking and literally sit on your ass and just take people's money. And then you just, you get money because you're take they, they are, they are taking out a policy that they just pay for in, perp- in perpetuity.
1: <laughs> It's okay to take a government handout if you're a big bank who falls under because of your, uh, (laughs) you know, predatory practices and your corrupt CEOs, Uh but it's not okay to take a government bailout if you need food for your family.
0: Uh Yeah, remember Jimmy John's applying for PPE loans that were intended for small businesses? (laughs) Like, okay, so that's fine, but being a human being that needs to eat— (laughs) <laughs> when everything is stacked against you and yet culturally because this is so ingrained into our understanding uh, understanding understanding respectability permissibility class we just treat that as a given
1: amusing isn't the right word but it's like here in america when it's like they're gonna come here and take over and it's like you know you're in america right like you know how we started Yeah, I remember. Like, like, what what ground do you have to stand on with this? I remember some Indians
0: taking in a whole lot of refugees. (laughs) Yeah, and then teaching them how to eat.
1: Right. Maybe they do remember. Maybe they do remember. And they're like, you know, this is what they expect. Is like, look what we did to the natives.
0: Oh yeah, they're like, oh god, no more pilgrims. (laughs) I could see that. This like deep uh, subconscious inverse fear. Of of being paid back. <laughs> That's beautiful.
1: I love this movie.
0: It's so utterly good. I just love. I just love it. I love Rial at the end, just standing up and proudly looking around and saying, "I think I'm going to paint this room red." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm. I. I was so happy that there was this ending uh, because I don't know that I could have taken more trauma. <laughs> um. It. it and yet it still gives you everything you need to know to feel like a terrible person as you watch it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's just so good. It's so scary. Please watch it. Um, oh,
1: even the, I just don't know how to, the, even the jumps, there's
0: jump scares and they actually are scary. There's how, this is something I wanted to ask you. How are footsteps the most terrifying thing in the world?
1: Hearing them? oh my god oh i can't handle it i cannot handle it this movie absolutely i know i've talked about like what scares me a million and a half times on this show but this movie like give me uh, noises coming from a dark room oh forget it footsteps when i can't see what's stepping the feet no, thank you.
0: He wakes up, he hears the footsteps like it's you can't tell if they're coming up the stairs or going down the stairs and he's looking at the stairs from his viewpoint on the bed. He follows them, turns on a light in a dark room. Uh
1: oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, something in the walls. Oh, it's so, so so so
0: definitely one of the scariest films I've seen since Y2K do I have to define that term for youth that don't know it? <laughs> but definitely one of the scariest films of like 22 years that I've seen. It's so, oh my God, it's it's just, but the fact that it's so smart too. I just love this movie. It's visually stunning. That's, it really is. Especially that scene when they're sitting there eating and then the wall breaks apart and then you it's just like that kind of the kitchen set. The camera pans
1: back. Yeah, the,
0: the kitchen set piece like afloat at sea.
1: Oh, it's amazing. God, it's
0: just a gorgeous film.
1: Yeah, and I just love, like I said earlier, that it's so—it's just all practical. Yeah, give me people in zombie or ghost makeup standing there. Yeah, I agree with. I so tell me the director's name again one more time. Remy Weeks. R e m i Weeks. Thank you.
0: I fully agree with you. Should be right up there with Ari Aster and and Eggers and
1: Jordan Peele.
0: Jordan Peele. And um oh god, do we have any women?
1: <laughs> no, like, women. no women. No women.
0: I mean there's Karen Kasama but like I'm like who is like on that like wonderkind indie horror level, right? Right. But I mean god, I I just can't wait to see what he does next and you know, I mean the last couple of years have been awful but the horror movies have been really good. <laughs> it's only so at least
1: so that I guess. It's true. Brilliant. There's a movie actually I will recommend now and I think i can probably talk you into doing an episode on it i just reviewed it for Rue Morgue. um i believe it's coming to Shudder, called good madam Hmm. um and it's all about colonialism in south africa (gasps) um and it's sort of in this wheelhouse um it's it's much lower budget very indie and has some of the hallmarks of that but um it was solid And I think there's a lot to talk about with that one. So everybody keep your eyes peeled for that.
0: And that's coming on Shudder.
1: I believe it's coming to Shudder.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Good Madam. Yeah. Okay.
1: And that one's directed by a woman. It's written and directed by a woman and is all about women and all of this. Imagine that. Go figure. Imagine that. Yay.
0: Well, Stacey, with... All of that said, are you ready to, uh. You know what? Place your head on the chopping block?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep it simple, stupid! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure.
0: The Chopping Block here on Gaylords of Darkness. It's our question and answer game where we present each other with three categories of horror movie trivia. We choose our category, we place our head on the block, and we are given five questions that we have to answer within ten seconds each. Unless one of us calls out, I want the wig. In which case... Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween 2 magically materializes upon thy head, confusing our non-binary executioner, The Head's they and earning you an additional 10 seconds just to answer that one question. Uh, if you get everything right, well done. If you get anything wrong, you're done. You're dead. It's chop, over. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. chop no chop. more head. That's right. Um, I went, I think I asked you first last time
1: oh oh i think so yes
0: i think so i will place my head on the block
1: yes and i will ask you
0: oh how exhilarating to
1: choose one of three categories two of which are new Ooh. i said i'm only doing two this week sometimes it's kinder it's pride i don't have to tr- try <laughs> is that how it works <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's great. <laughs> well, I've been at Walgreens. I don't have time.
0: <laughs> Put your bricks down. Those
1: pride keychains aren't going to stare at themselves. <laughs> okay. Two new categories. Let's start with the old one first. This is not super old. It's still fresh. It's still edible. Because it's from last week. Oh. It's multi-choice malt extravaganza. Wow. Yeah, where I, uh, well, they're all multiple choice questions. That's pretty much how that works. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, New category number one. This title makes no sense. Uh, His house is clean. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tangina. Yeah, it, (laughs) it has no relevance. I don't know why I put that. Uh but it's all about hotel based horror movies. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you just I just wanted to do the voice. I think I wanted to, I think that line just was in my head and so I used it but it doesn't have any relevance. I name I give you the name of a horror movie hotel or motel and you tell me the movie. Oh. Where you could book a stay. Is that the Haunted
0: Trip Advisor? (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And your second, your third category, second new category is... This title's terrible also. Two words, one letter. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Much like his house... This category is all about movies with two word titles and those words share a first letter. His House. Oh, H-H. H-H. So I describe the movie that has a two word title and the words share a first letter. You tell me the title I'm looking for. Fabulous. So, multi-choice (laughs) extravaganza. His house is clean. <laughs> 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 and two words, one letter. These oh my are... god! These... Ugh, these
0: I I just love watching your brain reject itself in real <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> this is so beautiful. Um, these are great. I have to go with
1: his house is clean. <laughs> okay. Please. Okay, your Tangina is actually, I think a shade worse than mine so that's thank you thank you <laughs> i aspire thank you okay so i give you the name of a horror movie hotel or motel you tell me the movie in which you can book a stay <laughs> that's not scary okay but it's haunted <laughs> it's haunted okay number one we'll see if you can get this oh. <laughs> the overlook You
0: know, this is what I am going to proudly shout.
1: The Shining! Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Number two. The Yankee Peddler Inn.
0: Oh, God. This is my fear because I only know these two. Uh, The Innkeepers, please. Yes!
1: Ding, ding, ding! Oh, I love that movie. Number three. Oh, those are the only ones I know. Starlight Hotel. Eaten alive? No. Yes! Dig the Dig! Yes? Oh, yes. for real? For
0: real! Oh, that was a hotel?
1: That's what they say. <laughs> it <was> a shanty? <laughs> uh, number four! Motel Hello!
0: <laughs> I'm gonna guess Motel Hell.
1: Yeah! Dig the Dig! How'd you guess? I don't know, just luck, luck of the draw. And Numero five o. Or O. As it's known. Or Kaseok. Did you know Korean has two separate number systems? It drives me cuckoo.
0: Two? Yeah. Is one writing and the other is talking?
1: No. I mean, they are used for different things, but it would be like, for minutes, use this one. For hours, use this one.
0: Oh, that's not a god.
1: No, it's not. Okay, number five. Kahiki Palms.
0: I want the wig. Kahiki Palms. Kahiki Palms. What movies have hotels or motels? Are motels part of this? What movies have hotels? Kahiki Palms. I'm just gonna guess vacancy?
1: Oh! Film we're looking for is The Devil's Rejects.
0: Oh, I like Rob Zombie, too. Yeah, I
1: thought you might get that one, even though it was tough, because you like that movie. Damn. Oh, that was a good one, though. You got all the way to the end. I did. And you died with a wig on. So, <gasps> I mean, honestly, you're a winner.
0: they I like to think that's a hallmark for success.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. They died as they lived, with a wig on. <laughs> out of
0: my yeah. tombstone <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah Oh then, well you did a great job
0: um those were great questions thank you that was very upsetting yeah. oh uh, okay. uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know why I picked that one I feel like I only knew the two but I'm glad I, I can't believe I knew four at least wow. Yeah.
1: well motel hello that was a tough one
0: I don't know how I got eaten a lot that motel Hel- hello was the hardest yeah Um, I love that that trope anytime a sign is revealed to have more words or letters.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Bay Cove. (laughs) Motel hell. So cool. That's when you know you made a mistake booking a a stay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Love the TripAdvisor ghoul.
1: TripAdvisor ghoul. Who <laughs> mm.
0: lives with the French goblin? Yep, yep. From a couple episodes ago,
1: a whole island of misfit toys over here, <laughs> all inside your head.
0: <laughs> all right, Stacy, place your heads on the table <laughs> okay. block, and I have uh one. <laughs> Could you imagine? I just had one category. I have <laughs> one old category also from last week one refreshed category from further in the past which all new questions and one brand new category for you
1: Woo! Chop and block through the ages.
0: It's a one-to-one-to-one, baby. So your your returning old category is Spear wasn't the only stacked cast. This is, of (laughs) course, from last week, in which I name four supporting actors from a 1998 horror film, and you tell me the movie. I don't tell you the stars, I tell you the supporting actors
1: okay
0: uh your refreshed category with all new questions actually this is a part three of this this category because we've done it twice before this is who asked for this part three the aughts edition in which i give you a movie from the 2000s from either you know anywhere between year 2000 2009 the naughty oddies the naughty oddies and you just have to name a single actor from one of these movies. Okay. That's it. I give you title? You tell me one actor. Okay. And then your new category is They Them Their House. <laughs> Uh, in which, oh, I didn't write a description for this one. What is this?
1: You write your descriptions? Clearly, I don't.
0: I'm
1: like, like, what is this? Oh, well, this explains a whole (laughs) lot. That's why it's called that. (coughs) That's why mine are always so bad. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You're so good. I know. Well, my descriptions are terrible. Listening you
0: unmake your brain is half the joy.
1: Holy moly! Why didn't I ever think to write a description? What a dummy. <laughs> what a dummy! that? God works in mysterious ways. Okay? I suppose. So in
0: They, Them, Their House, Um, this is just all just general trivia about films that have house in their title.
1: Okay, I almost did one of those. I almost did a 10 seconds name oh, of the house. yeah. Story. But then I didn't... <laughs> Wow, that's so, a you know what that was a sliding doors moment <laughs> where you
0: saw the one version of Gwyneth that,
1: yeah. that
0: didn't do that category, yeah, and the other version that did, yeah. How different!
1: Uh, your where life would could... we be? Where would we be right now? You know what <laughs> I mean? If two minutes ago I had given you that category, wow, we'll never know.
0: I could have chosen it, and I could have lived, and I might not you have could even be used alive. to wake. I would be alive and sans sans wig. All
1: right. Are you really living?
0: <laughs> this is true. This is a good question. Well, okay. So house, man.
1: house. Movies? So house.
0: It's it's just general trivia that it has nothing to do with like you know you don't have to name sixty houses in sixty seconds. <laughs> you just you. I tell you, uh, I describe a movie that has house in the title, and you tell me the movie. Okay. So, your categories are Sphere wasn't the only stacked cast all about 1998 films and supporting actors, Who Asked for This Part 3, The Ots Edition, or
1: They Them Their House. All right. I have some things to say.
0: Oh, you have notes. <laughs> first, of all,
1: <laughs> first of all, my mind is still blown that you write descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like, oh, of course. Of course, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it literally never occurred to me to write out a description. So, anyway. I love
0: this. Are you going to do it, do you think? Are you no, going to take
1: it up? No. You- Why start now? <laughs> Why start now? <laughs> I'm not going to fool anybody if next week I'm like, in this category, we'll be examining the paradigm. Like, People will be like, okay, bitch, we know. Because
0: that's the whole goal, is to fool the listeners.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow, she has her shit together. No. Nope. I'm not going to fool anybody into thinking that. Point number two, you said the word sphere and it triggered something in me.
0: Oh no. Which
1: was thinking about sphere from last week. <laughs> and I just I just wanna say I love in general that Twitter bot accounts like when a keyword pops up and they retweet us.
0: Oh like the Dustin Hoffman Stan account. Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's like a Dustin Hoffman news bot account. <laughs> And then when you read what they're retweeting, it's like, Dustin Hoffman news! And they've retweeted us, and we're like, fuck Dustin Hoffman! <laughs> Dustin Hoffman's woman. a piece of shit! Yeah. <laughs> also, who knew there was a Dustin? If, listen, go to Walgreens to get your rainbow Mickey ears. Yes. If you've been saying, like, man, I just need Dustin Hoffman news updates, <laughs> and you didn't know where to look, go to Twitter. There's a bot account. Who subscribes? subscribes? (laughs) Dustin Hoffman. Dustin (laughs) Schmoffman.
0: He's just off. He's in an alcove mumbling somewhere as he checks his. his...
1: (laughs) Okay, Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my choice. I'm choosing my choice. And my choice is I'm going to go naughty oddies. Naughty oddies I've been, well thinking, I've been thinking about the naughty oddies lately. I don't know why.
0: was a dark era.
1: It sure was. <laughs> sure was. A lot of real bad movies. i but
0: there are also there's some gems. There's at least two. I like Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo? Martyrs? Oh yeah. The see? Those two. They're great. Um okay, so once again, I'm just gonna tell you the name of the movie and the year. You just name one actor.
1: One actor. Okay.
0: That's literally all you have to do is name a single actor. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Who asked for this part three? The odds edition. Question. Well, number. What's really a number? There's no question mark. Number one. American Psycho 2. All-American Girl. 2002.
1: Mila Kunis
0: ding 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 ding
1: ding is William Shatner also in that
0: yes we would have also accepted William Shatner okay she
1: what the fuck
0: because she's the she was babysat by Patrick Bateman or something and so that turned her into a serial killer (laughs) after she killed him when she was a little girl and then William Shatner's her professor when she goes to college and she literally talks at him to death until he falls out a window (laughs) yeah that's great love me lacunas. Uh number 2. All the way from 2008, this film is Quarantine.
1: Oh. Oh, Jennifer Carpenter. Ding ding ding
0: ding ding. <sniffs> Jennifer Carpenter deserves better.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And she's also no Angela Vidal. No. Who is? Uh-oh. Besides Uh-oh. Angela Vidal. <laughs>
0: I hate quarantine so much. It's so bad. Okay, number three. Uh, all the way from 2003, it's Freddy versus Jason.
1: Kelly Rowland. Yeah! Good job!
0: <laughs> Did you remember because she calls Freddy a faggot?
1: Yup. <laughs> it's Pride Month. Yeah, happy Pride Month. <laughs> Kelly Roland's called <laughs> Freddy a faggot.
0: Yup. The levels of betrayal... That I feel in that moment,
1: it's it's wild that a movie from this century would just have that. Do you know what I mean? For her to just be like, "You're a faggot," <laughs> it's crazy. Freddy Krueger, Freddy faggot. Kruger. I mean, I mean, in Dream Warriors, Kincaid called him a burnt-faced pussy freddie has been called all sorts of names
0: he really has been
1: you know you start to okay. wonder if maybe he has a point <laughs> he's just he's just killing
0: all these foul-mouthed children he's interested in maintaining he's the Phyllis Schlafly of uh, Dream Killers
1: <laughs> um, that belongs on the box the Blu-ray re-release yes he's the Phyllis Schlafly <laughs> of Dream Killers Anthony Hudson Gaylord's <laughs> I finally got my
0: full quote yeah. for Freddy versus Jason. What a terrible movie. Um, this I had to look back at this cast, and this is wild, because it was Kelly Rowland, Robert England. I mean, obviously, of course, Robert England. Oh, yeah. I, I literally, like, that was the one I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Monica Kina, love Monica Kina. Oh, yeah. Jason Ritter, absolute dreamboat. And mm-hmm. Catherine Isabel. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, wow. All these people were in the terrible, terrible movie. Uh, Okay, number four, Uh, another remake from 2009. This time it's Night of the Demons.
1: Oh shit holes! <laughs> I need the wig. I want the wig also. Uh oh, Night of the Demons. Oh gosh, I don't know. Oh, uh, white girl. I don't no. <laughs> I'm like, judges, do we
0: accept one Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, nuts. Is Angela Bettis in that? Uh,
0: no. However, she was in the next one that I was going to ask you.
1: Oh, weird.
0: Yeah, that's really weird. I wonder if it's because I was staring at her name and then, like, that psychically- you know?
1: I think that's what happened. Like
0: in Starship Troopers, when Neil Patrick Harris has the card drawing machine and Casper and Dean's trying to practice tele, tele- psycho canem
1: Or like in Evil Dead, when Cheryl's all, Chuck and it." Yes! Like, finally, our psychic link is maturing.
0: And it just was for the wrong question. Yeah.
1: Well, we're getting there. Uh, but to the night
0: of the demons, two thousand nine, we would have accepted Shannon Elizabeth. Remember her? Sure. We would have also accepted, also from Freddy vs. Jason, Monica Keena. Oh. One John Connor, Edward Furlong. Good boy. Because uh, I mean, that's 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 where this movie was at, right? Was it was casting Edward Furlong in two thousand nine? <laughs> uh, also, would have accepted Linnea Quigley. She uh, has a cameo appearance in it. I've never um, seen it.
1: Me either. I don't know that that's true, but it doesn't matter because if I don't remember it, then did I say it?
0: Did it really happen?
1: Whoa! Sliding doors. (laughs) 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 Wow.
0: Well, well done. You almost made it to the end, and yet you still answered a question from the very end, right? In the process, due to a psychic link. So
1: wow. Okay, so basically, I won. Basically, you won. Yeah that's good we're both
0: dead with wigs we're psychic we have floating heads and we wear lace fronts how can we not be winners i mean yeah the fact that we didn't win
1: (laughs) wow well that's pride month for you
0: yep uh yeah gay people are dead again (laughs) (laughs) happy pride
1: uh well you know the deal right
0: What if I don't know the deal? What if this is my first time? I am a new listener.
1: Oh, boy. Hello, first timers.
0: And I would like to know information. I want to know more.
1: Um, well, we have a website, Gaylordsofdarkness.com, where you can find links to all of our social media, stuff like our Twitter, our Instagram, um, Twitter. You can follow us. You can follow the Dustin Hoffman Newsbot. (laughs) There's old episodes, there's all kinds of stuff on our website. Otherwise, obviously, we're, uh... (laughs) Subscribe, okay? Well, happy Pride. (laughs) Did you just have a stroke? You know? I think so. Listen, clearly I don't write down the outro either. (laughs) Um... You know, leave us a review if you like. That's something you could do for Pride. If you're a straight person, it would be a great thing to do as an ally is to leave us a review. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right? I mean, what else? Go to to Arrow. Oh, yeah.
0: And, and, you know, their logo is already a rainbow all year round anyway. (laughs) That's true. So you can pretend it's for Pride and go to Arrow and purchase The Initiation of Sarah Blu-ray on pre-release. For, then you could have it when it comes out, and then you have us in your home all the time.
1: On a big television.
0: On a big TV, with our, our beautiful voices and our thoughts and our words and intellect, our cunning intellect.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, otherwise, well, goodbye. Oh. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha